Welcome to Chase Your Dream, a podcast that believes that all dreams can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. Each week we deliver the stories of a common person being successful by chasing the dream. I am your host Shoman. Ladies and gentlemen, our today's guest of honor is Andrea Masson. She is having over 2 decades of experience in personal development. A PhD in social science major in psychology. A certified international motivational coach, a certified small business entrepreneur and an accountability coach. Let's hear Andrea's story. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm honored and privileged to be here. My name is Andrea Mason. I am your personal accountability coach where I help individuals achieve personal freedom through the healing power of forgiveness. I just want to understand what made you motivate to become a motivational speaker. Excellent question. So I was born in an underdeveloped country that of South America, Colombia, during a war-torn drug zone era at its prime during the cartel. And my parents had to make the ultimate sacrifice to put me up for adoption and send me to the promised land of America, where I was welcomed with open arms, unconditional love of my parents who had instilled in me, Andrea, no matter what you do, do what you love, do it right, and do it with passion. And in and in doing so, I was able to follow my heart and not the herd nor the hurt. I was able to enroll into the industries of social work and psychology so I can understand how to work with a myriad of diverse individuals from infantry to geriatrics and understand the science behind why people do what they do and do what they don't do. So what systems do you use in researching a motivational topic? Yes, in understanding and research motivational speaking, I have all of my CDs in my vehicle program to the greats uh, that of Mr. Les Brown, Tony Robbins, John Rowan, Carl Lantengale, you name it, you know, Wayne Dyer, and they have empowered me. I was really able to resonate with their stories of that of facing adversity, facing abandonment, not fitting in, anxiety, six, you know, thriving for success but didn't know how to get it. So some of the tools that I've learned was able to acquire is learning how to be comfortable in your own skin, always acting with integrity even when no one's watching. So how do you ensure that your speeches are captive and entertaining? I feel that when I communicate with my audience that it is important to speak to them as you are having a conversation over a cup of coffee or tea. You know, individuals resonate with people that can share their story of resilience, share their shortcomings and their failures and be relatable. You know, during my years of experience and, and in my business, I don't dictate, I don't lecture. I listen and I learn. And I take the tools that we already all of us have inside and I just show you how to use them properly, effectively and to follow your heart. So what according to you is the most difficult part of being a motivational speaker? The most difficult a part of being a motivational speaker 
is acting with integrity. You want to believe everybody understands you. You want to make sure that you are relatable and that people have the same perspectives. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. When you set your expectations of others to a certain standard, most of the time you'll be disappointed. It's about understanding your audience and sharing with them and learning from their stories and experiences on why they, whether they agree or disagree with you. And if you're courageous enough to approach that individual in a civil, respectful manner, you'll have another perspective that you were unaware of. You know, it's an interesting fact when people make suggestions, topics, statements, labels, because most of the time they are either have limited knowledge or were misinformed. And what I do as an individual, as a motivational speaker, is I do my due diligence to learn about the individual. Media and, you know, the stories in the government and, you know, what you see on TV and radio only gives a small snippet of what they want to share. And when you talk to an individual and really get to the root cause of what they're about, you get a whole different story. Very true. Can you tell us about a motivational talk where you really felt that the audience are really connected to the subject matter? Absolutely. One of the talks that I give that I give is about following your heart and not the herd nor the hurt. You know, any, most of us want to do the right thing, but we fall short and we become people pleasing or we follow the others, the masses or we follow what we hear because we want to believe that it's true. And when we don't feel comfortable in our own skin, don't have self-awareness or self-discovery, we are just being carbon copies of others. And every time you try to be somebody else, you will fail each time. We are unique individuals. We have the gifts inside that make us unique. And it's with our stories and experiences that we can help another individual in the future that may have been in our shoes. We don't understand each other's stories, but we all have a, man, a book in life that has a chapter of success, a chapter of failure, a chapter of loss, a chapter of win. But we all experience it in different ways. And the more we are able to be transparent, honest, and act with integrity, that's when we will really break down the barriers that separate and make us different. We could realize that we are all one humankind and of humanity. And the more we rise and unite, the less we can conquer and divide. So what are you most afraid of? Getting your way or not getting your way? I am most afraid of getting on my way. Because I know when I put my mind over matter and I put my heart and soul, I can accomplish anything. And when I don't do that and I don't get my way, there's a reason. I've been able to self-explore and self-discover that everything has a season and a reason. And with every failure and loss, there should be a lesson learned. And through forgiveness, although it may be the individual, the incident or the occurrence, for that, for that situation may have not been intentional, for they not, may have not known any other way, or they weren't aware of their doing it. 
but we are the only species that repeats the same behavior over and over again for self-sabotage. And when we learn about selfless, forgive the incident, not forgive because the scars are there to teach us a lesson, not to get burned again, but to give our power back to ourselves to be conscious, be aware, and no longer give permission for another to have power over us. We have to forgive ourselves for the struggles and baggages that we carry on for so long. So what is that one word that sums up best you and your people? One word that sums up best me and my mission? Integrity. Integrity. That if I know and I am aware that I'm doing everything correctly with good intention to the benefit and service of others, that everything will fall into place and, and, and happiness and success are on the other side. So what do you love about the art of public speaking? I love meeting individuals such as you. As you can see in here, I am smiling. I learn about people every single day and through everything that's been going on over the past two years, I have found my family beyond borders. The virtual scene has been a, a disadvantage to some, but for someone like me, it's been an, an amazing advantage. I am able to connect with people all over the world, listen to their stories, shed their tears, wipe away their tears, let go of their fears and celebrate their cheers. And that's what is just amazing that I love about public speaking. So what are your best memories about speaking? If you can share one or two instances. The best memory about speaking in my journey thus far is I have been able to connect with individuals that I would never think I would be able to come in contact. You know, I had a gentleman that was a young, in his probably college years, and just to have the insight and gain knowledge of his passion to enhance his life for the better, his country, to give back to the world and just want to help people and to have that communication with him and say to me, it's because of you and you reached out to me that I continue this legacy. And, and that's just the most heartwarming story that I've experienced along with another story of a family in Colombia that I've connected with and been able to regain their faith, regain their hope and rebuild their life with love. So how do you divide your time between creating an idea and delivering the idea? Creating process never ends. It's always constantly going because I'm connecting with individuals. I'm seeing how through my experiences, I can kind of detour and allow individuals to go against the grain and realize that the path less traveled is the way to go that if they, if they truly have a passion, they can definitely expand upon it. And the creative process constantly, constantly is evolving. And once you get those butterflies and that energy, sky's the limit. 
then you have the building process where you have to strategically and sequentially in sequence build out a plan of action and follow through and that's the area that a lot of people struggle with with the planning and the follow through because a lot of individuals just like myself sometime in the back they try to do multitask and unfortunately that's not the way to go because you're not investing your 100% and your whole heart into your work i say if you don't give go all in or not at all and that's where the accountability coach component really benefits that i keep you like a like a parent holding the seat of a bicycle of their child i keep you on track i make sure that you don't fall but if you fall we get back up If you're too fast, I keep you grounded and keep you at a steady pace. If you fall down or go too slow, I encourage you. I don't dictate, I don't lecture. I just make sure that we have a clear vision of where we want to go and take the necessary steps to get there. So, you're also an accountability coach. As an accountability coach, what are the parts you take care of and what are the points where you don't focus at all? The parts as accountability coach that I take care of is the follow through, the application, the reminders, the encouragement, the sideline coach. And I, you know, when we work when we start the journey together, you have a clear vision or you may not. You might say, "Andrea, I have A B C D E that I'd love to accomplish." then we look at the smaller picture and figure out what is the best avenues and usually at that time people are able to condense and put them in sequential order because they realize that although they want all of these projects and tasks and goals to be accomplished when you look at it in order they all follow and follow one another and what I, what the best part of it is that that we talk about it we get to the root cause we understand the blockages and the reasons for procrastination the reasons for fear fear the reasons for failing and we just have a conversation and we get through it and we get through it together you know individuals have family members and friends that may not see the light at the end of the tunnel that they do and say well you know what I'm not seeing results. I'm not seeing the instant gratification. I'm not seeing the immediate response. And that's where I come in and say, you know what? It's the old clichés. A tree doesn't grow overnight. Built Rome was not built in a day. And what we do is we figure out how we're going to go about it. Dreams do not have deadlines because if they did, it would be delusions. You know, and we have to have constant action. but the action is at the individual's pace you are also the creator and the inventor of a very special thing which you call play so throw some light yes. over here absolutely i believe you know i was an athlete when i was younger and i loved sports i loved playing soccer i also played the piano and i was very good at everything that i put my heart into so i always loved playing I felt work was a challenge and it was very difficult for me because I didn't see the joy in it. 
So when I became the innovator of play, I said, well, that's what everybody does. In some shape, way, shape, or form, if you want to listen to music, you press play. If you want to listen to watch a video, you press play. So that's where I came up with the idea that life is a game. It's going to have obstacles. It's going to have wins. It's going to have losses. It's going to have ties. And when you press play, plan life according to you, you then hold the pen in your hand and you start writing your story. And you also have the ability to recreate your story. Every single moment in life, we have the ability and the willingness to make a decision and make a choice. We can make a choice to what our clothing, what we eat, but we also have the choice to make an investment in ourselves. And I'm not just talking about the financial investment. I'm talking about every single investment in your mind of how you think, of what you eat, of how you present yourself, what you believe, and the control over the external influences, that of the media, the TV, the radio. And once you deprogram and unplug, then you can actually start developing your own story. And every single moment, you can press play when you are ready. And that's what I feel is the most valuable lesson in life, that everything you do is a choice. And to embrace the journey and to have fun with it. Because we have put this condition perspective on work as something that we don't want to do. Why do we always thrive for the weekend? Why do we always thrive for vacation? And in my experience, in my journey, every day is a vacation. I'm meeting people, I'm learning about people, I'm having so much fun, I don't see it as work. I see it as a responsibility, as an accountability coach to have individuals achieve their goals, and we have fun doing it. So how this thing you have created, you, you have just told me that you love playing soccer, this word play actually, what is the full form of this word called play? So the full format of this journey called Press Play is taking the necessary steps in creating a vision. Everybody has a vision of what their ideal lifestyle is, whether it's wanting to be a chef, a musician, somebody in the entertainment realm, having a certain financial figure or that of freedom, better relationships. It, It applies to everything. And what we find that the root cause is, is that people haven't achieved personal freedom. And what I mean by that is forgiveness. And going back to what I said before, when we are trying to figure out how our life is going to pan out, there are blockages, there are obstacles on our way that are put there. But truth be told, we put them there because that's what we attract. We have not let go of the past. And when we encounter a boss, a colleague, a a partner, or even a friend that reminds us of somebody that's hurt us, we don't trust them. We give limited knowledge, limited time of ourselves, and we don't move forward. And that's what it's all about. Pressing play, moving forward through the power of forgiveness and living your best life. And we always, you know, every day we ask, how are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? We never take or invest the time to truly say, 
how are you doing? Because we're always in a busy era of rushing and busy time where we don't have time. We're just asking out of courtesy, not out of consideration. And when we alter that perspective and really learn about someone and take the time for someone, time is something that is limited. Time is something that we can never replace. And time is a gift. That's why today is present and your presence is a present to another. So what are the emotional effects of speaking on you? The emotional effects of speaking on me is when I do reflections, when I talk about a situation and I somebody comes approaches me and says, I'd love for you to talk on this topic. I go right to my heart. I remember the times of loss, the times of pains, the times of suffering, suffering, but I also embrace the times that in order for me to get where I am, I had to go through those aches and pains. And the emotional components are that of a roller coaster. You know, it's exciting. You're excited to meet people. You're excited to learn about people and your audience. And then when you tap in and really get into your own comfortable of your own skin, you revert back to those incidences and you relive them. And the power of motivational speaking is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, transparent, and acting with integrity. So at what point do you come alive in a motivational speaking? When you walk into the stage, when you are in stage, or at the middle when you have started three, four minutes within that stage? I would probably say I come alive as soon as I go I go onto the stage because I feel everybody's energy. They don't know what to expect. The, I don't know the audience. The audience doesn't know me. And that energy just emulates through my whole body. And I know that I'm doing what I love. And I know I'm here for a reason. My message, my mission is to enhance the quality of life of everybody I connect with. And so those butterflies come bubbling through and then you laugh, you cry, you smile, and you just connect with an individual. And that's what has been lost and we have to regain is that interpersonal connection, even if it should be through a screen. Absolutely. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would that be and why? If I had a billboard and anything can be on it, it would probably be follow your heart with my logo of that of AM period with the butterfly. You know, I was always doing things the right way when I was growing up. I was following the rules, listening to my parents and doing the right thing. And it was unbeknownst to me until it really resonated in when I was going to college. And I was just like, you know what? I'm doing everything I can and I'm still getting burned. I'm still getting bullied. I'm still going through the obstacles. And I was just like, who am I doing this for? You know, I'm trying to do the right thing, but this is not my path. So I went through the, you know, the trials and tribulations. I went through the struggles and I've succeeded. And once I've gotten to the point where I've gained everything that I could from what I wanted to, that empowered me 
to build my own legacy, to build my own business, and to build my brand, that of a woman of integrity, and to plan life according to you. You know, I was in the safe haven of my family, and my parents were amazing individuals. They loved me unconditionally. I couldn't ask for a better family. However, when I went to school, I was not the same like others. I spoke differently, I looked differently, I talked differently, and I was just different, you know? And it was the first time that I felt vulnerable. And for that reason, I was bullied, you know, whether it be thrown into garbage cans, thrown into lockers. And the only place that I felt safe was in the bathroom because nobody knew where I was. And I would go there every single time at lunch just to have my lunch to be safe. And if I mustered up the courage where I was really fearful, I would go to the nurse and ask to be sent home because I knew I was safe there. And that is what I don't want for anyone, to feel uncomfortable in their own skin, feeling labeled and outcasted for something that you couldn't control. And when I was able to overcome that through my areas of sports. I, I, I kind of outsourced through sports and music. And that was the only way I could be alive because it was authentic, it was me, it was my skills and talents that were given gifts by the, by the creator. And then when I took it to the career, I was like, I want to understand why do I do what I do? Why do people do what they do? And then with social work, it was so diverse. I can learn about any individual from any background, any ethnicity. So I studied infantry to geriatrics, institutions and hospitals. And I met individuals of severe conditions as well as heinous crimes. But I always treated them as human beings. And I was able to get behind the science and understand the person behind them. And that molded me today, a global voice, the innovator of play. Press play on life, plan life according to you, that you can hold the pen in your hand, no longer anybody else, no longer give permission or power over you and allow yourself to heal and forgive yourself to move forward. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18 year old self, what do you have told her? Wow. Whew. I could talk to my 18-year-old self. I would say, Andrea, just have patience. Believe in yourself. God already believes in you. Your parents already believe in you. But most importantly, you must have patience with yourself and believe that anything is possible. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So what is your biggest failure and what you have learned from that? My biggest failure in life was believing the masses, believing what people said, being a people pleaser. You know, when you have started when you are growing up, 
And nowadays, I can make the analogy of social media. You want so many likes. You want so many likes. And you can get 99 likes and get that one dislike. And what do we do? We focus on that one dislike. We never question it. We never ask how they came to that solution. And we never wonder why, but we accept it. And so what I've had to learn and am still learning, I believe there's no such thing as perfection. There's practice makes progression. And I believe if there's one person, that's okay. I can civically, respectfully to agree to disagree. But I'm going to embrace those who support me because those who need me right now. And the one person that doesn't believe in me, I'm going to change that energy, change that channel, and turn it into positive. So what one thing you wished you had known before you started your career? It's a lot of work. <laughs> It's a lot of work. I wish... I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, like type A personality times three, according to my husband. But, you know, there's no such thing as instant gratification. There's no such thing as immediate response. It's a process. And the biggest thing that I've learned is to trust the process. So what advice would you like to give to someone who want to pursue a career similar to that of yours? The advice I would like to give to someone pursuing career career is in a few short steps. Number one, regardless of your age, have a vision, a clear concrete vision and dream big like my my mentor Mr. Les Brown had told me. Number two, do your research. Understand what it takes to pursue that career and what are the skills and requirements and qualifications. Number three, make sure you are able to invest, not only invest money, but your time, your passion, and make sure you share it with your family if you are of younger age and your parents, because I feel one of the challenges today is that our parents want our children to live their dreams, and the children must live their own dreams. Next, make an opportunity to be either an apprentice or an intern. See what a day of the life is in the industry. If you're going to make the grade, are you going to like it? Is it really what you expected? And then finally, application and mastery. Learn it, apply what you learn, and go to the top go to the grades. I went to the greatest motivational speaker in the world, Mr. Les Brown, and I have had the honor and privilege to work with him. And I followed my heart and not the hurt. So what are the best resources that helped you along the way? The best resources was the resources that I used, which I believed or was told was a shortcoming of mine never stop asking questions go to the resource somebody in some family knows a guy or knows a woman you know if you want to be a mechanic someone in your family knows a mechanic 
go talk to the guy. If you want to be a nurse, see what it's like to be a nurse. Because you're going to get the good and the bad and the ugly. Never stop asking questions. There's no such thing as too many questions. And if somebody's short with you, go on to the next. There's always somebody there because even if they are short with you, you are able to understand their perspective. And you might be the light in their eyes to say, well, why are you saying there's too many questions? And you might be that switch to turn on to them. You know, one of the experiences I experienced during this, during my journey was I was talking about being bullied. And one of the members of where I spoke said, you know, I'm sad to say and shame to say, but I was a bully to others. I never knew the other side. And I said to that individual, on behalf of myself and those whom you've bullied, I forgive you. And that person said that was the most powerful thing in their life that they heard and they were grateful. And they said if they heard that earlier on, maybe they wouldn't have done the damage that they've done. You know, each and every one of us at some point in our life, no matter where you are, we are a name on a therapeutic couch. And we must remember and be a reflection of our actions and behaviors. Is this a good intention or not? And if you have the, the old cliche, if you have nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all. All I ask is just to be kind. Who are the three most influential people in your life? The three most influential people in my life is my mother, my father, and Mr. Les Brown. My, my mother and father, because they have shown me how to love. They gave me life. They taught me how to live. And I'm grateful for my biological parents, for I don't know them. But it's hard to be inspirational of someone you don't know. But I'm grateful by all means for their sacrifices. And as a mother myself, I can only imagine how hard that was for them. And also Mr. Les Brown for taking a chance on me. You know, working with me and empowering me. And to see someone of that stature remember where he's been, remembering and sharing his struggles, sharing his stories of resilience, of adversity, his transparency. That is what most admirable because that's what resonated with me on a personal level. That he hasn't forgotten where he's came from and he's human. Stay close to the root. Yes. Okay. So, uh, what is the most common myth about your profession and how do you want to debunk that? The most I would probably say the myth and to debunk, to debunk that is that you have to be educated. You have to be knowledgeable. You have to be wealthy 
to live your dreams? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are all gifted and blessed with amazing opportunities, and we just have to search within ourselves to make them come to fruition. I mean, if you look at the greats in the motivational speaker industry, Tony Robbins, Mr. Les Brown, they don't have college degrees. They're all learned from experience, stories, knowledge, and that's what they have to give because that's nothing you can read in—not anything you could read in a textbook. You can't teach how to be empathetic. You can't teach. What it's like to lose someone—you can't teach what it's like to be abandoned or hurt. It's through stories, it's through the experiences. We all have a story with inside us, and when we are able and courageous enough to share that story of transparency and be vulnerable, that's when you're most powerful, because you are being called and answering the calling to your mission, message in life. If you could step into my shoes, what you have asked yourself that I haven't so far? Did you think you'd be where you are today, ten years ago? So, where can my listeners connect you online? Absolutely. So I am available on all platforms: Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And what I do is I provide a complimentary gift to the listeners and host. So I encourage you to listen if you're listening now or on playback to go to my website and email me right now with chaseyourdream at andreamasons.com. And I'd be honored, privileged, and blessed to connect with you for a session that I usually charge, but I'm, that's my gift to you because I believe everybody, everybody, can live their dream. Sometimes they just need someone to walk beside them to make it possible. And the last question to you is: What does chase your dream mean to you? Chase your dream, I believe, is. Making sure that it's just arm's length. We look at dreams as these grandiose, huge, massive ideas that are impossible, and we have the connotation that it's not possible unless you have fame, fortune, wealth, and be established. But that's not true. As you can see, as a reflection of me, I've had to work ten times harder than the average individual to get what I am. But what separated me from everybody is that I saw my dream every single day. You know, until you have to, you have to realize. Also, during this process, if you don't face your past, your past will continue to chase you. And when you have that empowerment and enlightened moment where you accept the past. And let it go. Today is present, and it's your presence that's going to allow you to continue to chase your dream and grab onto it. With that, we came to the end of the show. I would ask my listeners just mail Andrea 
the offer she has given it's an excellent offer go take the session and change your life make the first step towards a very positive life thank you andrea for being a guest in my show thank you for joining us this week don't forget to subscribe us on any platform be it anchor.fm spotify google podcast apple podcast jio seven cast box etc also tell your friend family members and enemies about the show be sure to tune in next week for another new episode myself shoman sangupta signing off not before saying all dreams can come true provided you have the courage to pursue them